0: Before we get started, I just want to bring up what most people are going to be aware of. It's going on globally and it is an important thing to discuss, and that is the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, I know I am a white woman, I'm British as well, so I'm not fully aware of the situation as much as I'm trying to gain an awareness of this current crisis and everything that's happening on the ground and trying to do my best to support by signing the petitions donating and all these things and trying to do better myself as an ally i have been ignorant in the past i will fully admit that in the uk i can't even blame the uk really but we are not educated enough in schools and I don't really know much about the struggles of black people in the community or anyone of a different ethnicity to myself. I do not know the struggles. And that is a failure on my part, on education's part, and all these different things. But I am trying to do better. And as such, I'm taking this time and this week to educate myself as best as I can to not understand, because I can never understand what happens to these communities, because it will never happen to me, because I have this privilege but I I want to support and I want to be there to support. I can't remember the post that I saw but it's I will never understand but I will stand and I will do that for this community because that is the least I can do so to really just start this off I I didn't even know if I was going to do this episode if I am honest because of everything that's going on I didn't know if it would be appropriate but at the same time with everything going on people do need escape sometimes But I wanted to start this off and put this out there and let you guys know that in the episode notes for today, there will be links to uh, a document that has petitions and the donations and educational material for the Black Lives Matter movement and how you can do your part. And there'll be various different ones relating to George Floyd um, and to all the other people who have recently lost their lives and just to help support... movement as best as possible. Um, All of that will be in the episode notes and I hope you will take the time to look at them, sign in petitions that you can and donate to anything that you can as well. I just wanted to start this episode off with this because I think it is incredibly important to not be silent about this, especially myself, because being silent as a white person and not standing up for others it's probably one of the worst things that I could do so I'm taking this moment to say this to go support to do anything that you can and yeah I just wanted to do this Um, if there's anything that you think I need to put in the episode notes or if you think there's anything that I need to promote specifically to help the Black Lives Matter movement be sure to let me know and I will improve that and I will make sure that that notice is put out on our social media but with that discussed let's move on to something not on a lighter note because there's nothing that can make this light but something to help you guys take a take a step back for a moment because this is a rough thing that lots of people are going to be going through and you need to look after yourselves and your mental health at the same time and I will also of course be sharing mental health support um, links in the episode notes as well so to everyone out across the pond, here in the UK and across the world who is protesting and supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, I see you, I wish you well, and I hope you stay safe. Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicol Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Music <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Verse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today we continue our timeline journey with the next chapters of the Sea of Monsters. Chapter 5, I get a new cabin mate and chapter 6, Demon Pigeon's Attack. As always, I've my points to focus on, so today we've got story and characters. And just generally what I thought of it. But to begin, here's the synopsis. We've got family drama on all levels, and now I think we need a therapist at camp. Evil leaders join together to make children's lives miserable. Is this Matilda? As a pony ride leads to bird fears, which ends in the possibility of a punishment of a lifetime, of course, no one is telling Percy anything. And that's pretty much the synopsis for these two chapters. No one is telling Percy anything, and while things happen, nothing really happens. <laughs> um, and that's just, kind of, yeah. This is the point in in the story similar with The Lightning Thief where we're getting a lot of information giving but we're not being given all the information because this is just the setup for when we get the information later. So on that note, let us go into the overview for chapter 5, I get a new cabin mate. The first chapter of our two. And the overview is, Camp is different eerie and tension rung. Tyson keeping the mood light, even unintentionally. Chiron will forever be known now as Pony. But dang, this guy lost his job over a tree. That's gotta hurt. Annabeth loses a lot of people. And now I'm going to cry. (laughs) We are reintroduced to Camp Life, and it's pretty muted. Until we meet the new leader, Tantalus is a pretty nasty sort, and I hope he never gets to eat or drink a thing. With the chariot racing reinstated and a lack of care for camp protection, yeah, this seems like a good idea. Well, and then he goes after my boy Tyson. How, goddamn, dare you? Oh my gods! Tyson is Percy's half-brother. This may not end well. And that is the overview for chapter five. Um. So, okay. Considering it sounds like quite a bit happened in chapter five, it just... Nothing really happened. And that's where the story element comes in, because this is for me the most frustrating side of storytelling when a character knows information no, not the character that we're following mind you a character we're being told about knows information but does not share this knowledge and there's usually two reasons it's for their own good that this knowledge isn't shared it will not serve no purpose now those are, those are the two reasons. They're basically the same reason, but those are the two reasons. But as I really like to call the reasons, it's just plot convenience. And it is it is really frustrating because there are just better ways to do it, I find. Like we have these two cases here, and, and we have two cases of it. Charon <laughs> mentioning something that could save the camp, but not saying what it is and then the other when Chiron and Annabeth mentioned the prophecy for Percy but not what it is because again it's the prophecy that Percy is not allowed to know about for some reason. Again plot convenience based but you know I, it doesn't even make sense but and it's that it's a thing and it just mm. And to think, it just feels lazy. And it's mean to say that I know, but it feels lazy and frustrating to both Percy's character, but also to us, the readers, that we know they know something, but we aren't going to find out for some time, if at all. And considering what does come later in the book, drip feeding this little bit of info literally doesn't serve any purpose whatsoever. It just, it just. As I often like to say on my YouTube videos, it's just a why moment, and this is kind of what these two chapters are. There are a lot of why. Why does this happen? Why, 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 why? uh, but to move on, we then have another thing that is it, it makes sense for the first book because it's the first book. But in the second book we have, and in this chapter particularly, we have the re-exploring of Camp Half-Blood, some history from the first book, Catch-Up. And just honestly, I feel like while it's important to note certain things, like we have the mentioning of Beckendorf in this chapter, which considering he's important in the next chapter and he becomes important a little later in the series, it makes sense that we're given a bit more information here. But there are some things that just weren't important such as the discussion of the satyrs and what they do and just just some of the depth of some of the elements just feels repeating of the previous book and it's not completely necessary like at this point we should be re-immersed into the book so to have these sort of in depth discussion sort of, not even in depth just info-dumping a little. It kind of just takes you out of the story. And then we have our introduction of what appears to be a minor antagonist of the story. And it's just, it's so overt in a way that it's just, it's frustrating. Like, well, it's frustratingly obvious, I think is the thing here. It's just... And what basically what I'll bring up later, um, when it when we get to those chapters, is that all it does is end up serving some more plot convenience. Like Tantalus really doesn't need to exist. He serves no purpose whatsoever. I just I He's just there to cause havoc for Percy, which like every character is there to cause havoc for Percy. Why do we need another? That is the question here. Ugh, I don't know I feel like he's just like he's he's going to be like a step down from Gabe sort of character he's meant to be threatening but he doesn't really serve any purpose <laughs> like for Gabe there's, there's some purpose there of like this the nature of Percy and also his relationship with his mum but Tantalus it just doesn't seem like he's going to serve any purpose other than torturing children which is messed up on all all levels but um that seems to be what's happening um really really the only interesting story elements of this chapter is the relationship between annabeth and charon and obviously the reveal that tyson is the son of poseidon but this chapter as a whole is just more of an info giving section it's not info dumpy but it just it just feels like we're just being given a lot of information but this is i think this is the exact same chapters five and six where we've got the info dumping info giving elements in the lightning thief as well so it, it matches up which is pretty interesting but um yeah it's just unfortunate that it just it just doesn't feel significant it's just like just giving drip feeds of information to set up for the future plot elements um which is good, but it could I feel like it could have been done in a more interesting way, which I will talk about more after we move on to Chapter 6, Demon Pigeon's Attack. And this is the overview for Chapter 6. Oh man, Percy, why you gotta be like this? Annabeth, yeah, no, she definitely has some prejudices, but geez, Percy, stop escalating it tyson and percy join forces and it turns out tyson is pretty good with machines and also at reading people in a dream percy uncovers some grover information and it ain't good news he wasn't invited to the wedding rude on the day of the race my fear of pigeons is vindicated the race seemed pretty fun until the birds attacked and again flapping wings are scary okay birds like they're pretty at a distance don't i'm not going anywhere near them no we insult chiron's music taste and clarice becomes a winner then percy and annabeth are singled out as troublemakers I don't like where this is going. And that is the overview for chapter six: Demon Pigeons Attack. Well, this chapter definitely has a lot more that happens, but is it's similar-ish to chapter five in the info-giving element. But um, story-wise, for this chapter, there are more cases of hiding information. Or making it sound obvious what the information should be without giving us the information. So if you know your Greek mythology, you're going to know what the mysterious item Grover and Annabeth and Chiron were alluding to. But if you don't know mythology, you're not going (laughs) to know. I think that's just the thing here. This is just like that example of if you know your history... And your mythology, you're going to be all right. But if you don't, you're just not going to understand. <laughs> so, like when I was first reading this, I I kind of knew instantly. Um, mainly just because I knew this particular Greek mythology story, um, and the Polyphemus mention um, kind of gives it away, uh, as well as the the blindness and a few other things, like sheep but just from those few like buzzwords you know everything already so it's if they were going to drip feed information I would have drip feed, fed it in a way that doesn't give certain members of your readers the information already If like most people who read this are going to be just general reading fans but there's also going to be mythology lovers as well and the moment you get this information you're going to know the story straight away which is going to ruin any intended purpose of this being a surprise of oh this is what they were talking about oh my god that makes so much sense because we we know what it is (laughs) because we know mythology but and it's like a minor thing but it's just it's it if you want to drip feed make sure it's being a drip feed for every member of your readers instead of kind of like instead of repeat myself you guys know what I mean but the other thing that I want to bring up story wise is that the prophetic dreams and empathy link are actually a really interesting plot device but it just makes things too simple in giving us a goal and the story it'd be more interesting if a hint of the sea of monsters as Grover mentions was discovered through Percy and Annabeth's ingeniousness instead of just being told about it because it just you're giving your characters and your heroes their destination straight away which and, and kind of not making them work for it which it's I don't know I just for some reason it just doesn't work for me I'd rather my heroic characters Either uncover it themselves or. I think that's just kind of it. If it's that they find out what the item is and then straight away they're kind of like, oh, and that would be in the Sea of Monsters. Have that kind of process of deduction, that would work as well. But I feel just being told it when we don't know the significance of it yet at this point as well. It's just. And considering the significance of it for the item that we then learn about later and the fact that they just naturally connect. It's just it's too oh what's the word? Uh oh my god. It's too convenient. It's too convenient. Which I I know convenience does happen in stories and it's like it's a common thing in all books. Like every book I read has an element of convenience to it. But this just this is just one that frustrates me a little bit. <laughs> I feel bad. I'm like really ripping on this chap on these chapters at the moment. I don't mind them. I do enjoy these chapters. I just think there are things that could have been improved about them. But to move on from story, let's go into character because the characters in this chapter were actually pretty interesting. So for Percy, this may be weird, but I'm I'm kind of glad that he's become slightly problematic um not fully because it doesn't really last but the fact that he's irritated and ashamed of tyson and he knows that it's a bad thing but he continues to go out of his way to quote unquote disown tyson without the guy knowing because he's embarrassed that everyone's making fun of him him being Percy making fun of percy for being related to tyson Um, I just, I find it interesting because it shows that he isn't perfect. He is a flawed person and a flawed hero. And I think it, it just adds a really interesting dynamic to his character, which I can really, really appreciate. Because heroes who are good all the time or who aren't, for lack of a better term, crappy people on occasion, because everyone does really terrible things sometimes. So for Percy to do that... And to act this way, just it makes him human, which makes me like him. Um, But the thing that I do want to point out that in his frustration at himself and others, he does take it out on Annabeth when she does point out, admittedly, not very nice, but truthful elements about Cyclopses. And he does recognise that she's hiding something bad in her reaction to Cyclopses. But he continues to go to her, even after she tries to drop the conversation. Leading to them having a fight and not talking. He feels guilty about the Tyson and Annabeth thing, which is good. And it shows his character and that he is a good guy. I just think it's just really interesting to get this side of him. And whether or not we'll continue to see him be like that with Tyson and Annabeth is going to be Interesting for later dynamics because if it's just this one chapter I'm probably going to be disappointed but if it continues I'll be impressed but on to the other characters so we have Anna Beth and okay slight negative I wish that there were more hints given here as to her reasons for disliking Cyclopses now I know the reason um, obviously I'm not going to say it because I don't want to give any spoilers but she does have a pretty good reason, um, but just a small hint of maybe something like "trust me, Percy," or, or I don't know I just realised what I wrote didn't make sense because I'm using the word "trust" too many times. Um, <laughs> even a small hint of Percy, they aren't trustworthy, I know, and then be sketchy about how she knows and not give details or something that could also that can still lead to her and Percy having an argument about her treatment of Tyson and stuff like that but to give a little bit more of a hint so we the readers don't hate Annabeth in this moment or dislike Annabeth at least in this moment for being hateful so to speak towards Tyson because that's all we're seeing because again we're seeing it from Percy's perspective and even though he does know that there's clearly something bad relating to it we aren't seeing any evidence of that. So to have that one sort of throwaway-ish line about it and give an idea of, okay, there's something personal there, we as a reader, even though we're seeing it through Percy's perspective, may understand a little bit more as, oh, okay, there's a story there and be intrigued as to this possibility of what this might be and I don't know, I think it, it give us slightly more, more sympathetic because obviously we're not gonna, not supposed to like the fact that she's being mean to Tyson although she's not being mean to him just about Cyclopses um, but I think it, it, it'll it help her cause a little bit because at the moment she does, does seem to be being mean which is unfortunate because I don't know, the first book we do, we just don't get that sense about her but this time around, she just seems to be being quite un- needli- like needlessly mean. And the fact that we aren't being given any particular hints about it is frustrating. Um, like I said, like we really only know it must be something bad because Percy guesses, but there's no clear sign, which just gives us this negative view. And I I think it's frustrating because, again, currently, she's our only lead female character. Um, and she's the only other than Sally, we don't really have any other female characters. Except maybe Clarice, who, she's not really a lead character, but we're having a bit of interaction with her at the moment. But, giving this negative view of Annabeth, of her being, like I said in the previous episode, her being a bit of a bully. Considering she's meant to be a lead, unless we get hints of of a sympathetic nature towards her we're going to start losing our care towards her because she's being mean towards a character that we like and don't understand why she's doing that so we, we I, th- I feel like there needed to be hints there and um, it's unfortunate that there aren't Um, and yeah so those are chapters five and six of the Sea of Monsters And okay overall These chapters are a fun insight to camp. It's at that sort of similar point, like what I said to the lightning thief um, of the whole setup for the story, um, prepping for the main drama. Uh, Same with the, the previous chapters. This is generally... Okay, this is kind of common in books in general at this point, but they aren't always the most engaging elements. So some of the things that I pointed out in this episode of things like helping Annabeth be more sympathetic uh not doing too much info dump related elements and just a few small changes here and there just to make things feel less info dumpy and less kind of oh we know this but you don't and we're not going to tell you sort of feeling to it because it's a frustratingly common story trait and oh is it I don't want to say stereotype, that's not the term I want to use. But it's just trope. It's just a really common trope. And it's irritatingly common because it's just, it's not a good trope. The whole, we're not going to tell you, we're going to hide it and keep it to ourselves for the meantime. And we're going to give you bits of information point blank, but you're not going to understand this information until you get this other bit of information later on. It's just, it's such a contrived trope. And it's. It's unfortunate that it's such a common one, because it's such a boring one at the same time. But, yeah. I think if those things were kind of improved and these tropes and things weren't used, I would be more engaged with these chapters, because the chapters themselves are good. There are just these elements that are just frustrating about them. But yeah, lots of info is being given, but nothing much really happens at the moment, other than the tree drama. Uh, so <laughs> let's hope next time we get the beginning of our journey. Um, now of course usually I do do the question of the episodes and stuff like that but as most people know from last week I didn't do a question of the episode last week um, and I won't be doing one again this week just because with everything going on I don't think that's something to do. So all I want to put out there is that I'm all of our social media we'll be putting some links and some notices and stuff like that relating to the black lives matter movement um if there's any information that you guys can provide also be sure to send it to us and we will share it ourselves um onto our platforms um and of course again in the episode show notes there will be the links uh to ways to help support uh movement as best you can and if there is anything again that you think i need to improve in terms of being more inclusive and being a better ally um, i'm happy to receive any information i i do want to be a better ally and of course most of this i do need to um, do the education side for myself but i'm happy to receive any information on how i can improve myself as an ally And yes, of course, actually, currently at this point, just a small side thing. Um, Happy Pride Month, everyone. As a queer woman, uh, pride is a really important thing. And as everyone knows, Stonewall Riots, at least in the US, we had something similar in the UK, I think. I don't... We don't get much LGBT UK history, I've just realised. Anyway, that history system is not great here in the UK. Um, Yeah, Happy Pride Month... Um, be sure to remember how pride came to be in these current times and don't use it as a reason to speak over the black lives matters movement because that is the most important thing at the moment so lgbtq plus community use your voices to uplift the black lives matter movement as best you can um and yeah so that is the end of this week's episode um i want to thank you all so much for joining me for chapter five and six of the sea of monsters be sure to join me next wednesday as we continue our iodine journey there's a plug where you can find our podcast we are available on spotify apple podcast audio boom stitcher and oh gosh Stitcher and Deezer. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Time Camp on various social media at Best Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter and on Tumblr at thebestdiamondcamp.tumblr.com. If you want to email me with your own thoughts, you can email the thebestdiamondcamp at hotmail.com and I will read it out at the end of the show. If you want to support me making this content, check out my Patreon at A Healthy Dose of Fran. And be sure to check out my YouTube channel, A Healthy Dose of Fran, for more Percy Jackson content. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own Hunter. And I will see slash speak to you guys next time. Bye.